my honor and pleasure to introduce Bill Belichick. Well, thank you. Um, I'm thrilled to be part of this organization and lead this team. All I really am about is trying to win football games. For me, still the most important thing is the game. Building and working together as a football team. And I enjoy that part of it the most. Good morning and welcome into First Take. Thank you for being with us. My guy, Stephen A. Smith, out there in LA. Dan Orlovsky here in studio. Former Patriot, Damian Woody here. We're doing a lot of reflection today. Looking forward to that. And Adam Schefter will join us momentarily. Huge breaking news this morning. It's the end of an era in New England. Adam Schefter and Mike Reese both reporting that Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots have agreed to part ways after 24 seasons in six championships. What a legacy. We bring in Adam Schefter right now for more. Adam, good morning. Thank you so much for being with us. And I know you've been all over the story. What more can you tell us about Belichick and the Patriots parting ways? Good morning, Molly. Good morning, Stephen A. And let's bring you the very latest of where this historic situation is at this morning. Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick met on Monday. Bill Belichick did not show up to the offices on Tuesday. They continued the meetings on Wednesday, and they mutually decided to part ways and go their own respective ways. That now leaves the New England Patriots embarking upon their first head coaching search in nearly a quarter century. Now, the man to watch here, a man who will be A, if not the favorite, will be Gerard Mayo on the Patriots' current coaching staff. The Patriots will not seek trade compensation for Bill. They decide to simply let him go his own way to take the high road there. So now, Bill Belichick becomes a coaching free agent at a time where they're currently are seven other head coaching vacancies. But it is not just those teams that we should look at in regards to Bill Belichick. We have to look at teams that are out of the playoffs and in the playoffs and have situations where owners will look at their current head coach today and say, are we better off with the man we have in office or are we better off going to Bill Belichick? And so the playoffs will kick off, I think, with Bill Belichick looming very quietly in the background as these games are played, and if there are any other further coaching changes that are made. But it is a new era in New England. There will be a press conference at noon today in which both Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick will attend. The Patriots will go in their direction. Bill Belichick will go in his direction. And we have a 24-hour period that has brought coaching legend news like we've never seen before. Pete Carroll, no longer the coach in Seattle, Nick Saban, Bill Belichick's close friend, no longer the coach in Alabama. And as of today, Bill Belichick no longer will be the coach of the New England Patriots. Adam, appreciate the intel as always. When you say that Bill Belichick and, and Robert Kraft first started talking on Monday, did we get to the, this conclusion after extensive talks? Whereas, uh, can you tell us whether or not Bill Belichick was trying to stay, or was it understood from the time that they they met Monday that look, this is what is going to happen, and 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 let's figure the rest out. 
I think both men wanted to hear what each other had to say because this is a 24-year marriage. And anytime you have a 24-year marriage, there's a lot of history that's accumulated. There's a lot of assets that's accumulated. There's a lot of feelings that are accumulated, good and bad. But my understanding is those were productive conversations. And I think that everybody assumes, okay, well, Robert Kraft was ready to make a change. I think it goes both ways. I think both sides were ready for the next chapter and ready to move on while having that healthy degree of respect for each other. And again, I don't believe those talks got contentious and angry. We've seen already this year, every year, it's a regular occurrence in the National Football League on Sunday night, hours after they lost the Falcons fire Arthur Smith. The next morning, the commanders fire Ron Rivera. That wasn't going to happen in this particular case in New England because of everything that they've all been through together, all the shared history, all the accomplishments. And so I think Robert Kraft discussed what had occurred in recent seasons. Bill Belichick dissected it. They talked about what their vision would be moving forward. I think both sides recognized, like the end of any marriage, the time had come to dissolve the relationship and for each side to go his own way. And so the Patriots now do something, like I said, that they haven't done. They have to do a coaching search. The rules are different. There's a Rooney rule now in place. They cannot have face-to-face -face interviews with a coaching candidate under contract until after the divisional playoff round. The NFL's tried to slow down the hiring process this year, especially more than any other year. And so the Patriots are doing something that they haven't done. The rules are different. Bill Belichick steps into a universe that's very different. He'll get to talk to other teams. Other teams will get to talk to him. And when Tom Brady was a free agent, every team went through the exercise of determining whether Tom Brady would be a better quarterback than the quarterback that that team had on its roster. And I think every team is now going to go through the exercise with the news of this this morning. Are we going to be better off with Bill Belichick or the current coach that we have in office? There were huge ramifications when Brady left. There'll be huge ramifications when Belichick leaves. And again, I mentioned the Saban connection and the history. Nick Saban, nine SEC titles, six national championships in Alabama. Bill Belichick in New England, nine Super Bowl appearances, six Super Bowl titles, nine and six, nine and six. Amazing how that works, the symmetry here between the two men. And so it's a historic time in football. It's a new era there. And now we see the fallout of it, where New England mm -hmm. goes, where Bill Belichick goes. But I, I do believe, well, Stephen A., that okay. they came to this together, together. I yeah. think it was a mutual decision. I don't have any doubts about that. Last question for you. Nick Saban leaves, and the word we hear yesterday was retiring. Bill Belichick is leaving New England, and we're hearing parting of the ways. Are we absolutely positively sure that Bill Belichick has every intention of coaching in the near future? Or is he himself potentially contemplating retirement? Bill Belichick is a football lifer. And my understanding is that he wants to coach. That okay. is who he is. That is what he does. And it's hard to imagine that man doing anything else when the fall rolls around mm -hmm. in 2024 and teams are reporting to training camp that's what he does. He's also 15 wins away from breaking the record that Don Shula mm. set for most wins by a coach in NFL history. And while Bill Belichick is not one about individual marks, with as much of an appreciation of history as he has, that has to mean something to him. And I think that's 
an additional carrot that's dangling out there, not to mention the fact he had his two sons, Stephen Belichick, Brian Belichick, on staff in New England. Well, he's not there in New England. Now, maybe New England will keep his two sons, or maybe his two sons will go if and where Bill goes. But I think he'd want to make sure that his family is taken care of. I think he wants to keep coaching. I think he'd like to pursue that record. I don't think he's tired of it in any way. I think he's especially proud of the way that this defense played this past year, despite the fact that this team struggled to have the type of performance that the Patriots wanted and expected. And I do think, Stephen A., that he wants to coach and he will survey the options that are out there. And as I said on Get Up a short time ago, I also believe that what Bill Belichick learned from his time in New England, coaching Tom Brady and coaching after Tom Brady, is that it's important for him in his next stop to coach a team that will have a quarterback that gives him a chance to win. And so, again, look beyond the teams that have openings right now mm. and look at the teams that could consider making a change, either in the playoffs or not in the playoffs, and asking themselves as an organization if they would be better with Bill Belichick as their head coach. And so that's just going to hang out there now. It's not going to move very quickly, mm. this hiring process. It's going to be more deliberate yep. than it's ever been. Just like with people asking me, Jim Harbaugh, are we going to see that today, tomorrow? No. If there's a team out there that wants to hire Jim Harbaugh, they still have to meet with other candidates face-to-face. -face. They can't do that until after the divisional playoff round. So if we're waiting for head coaching news, it's not going to happen anytime soon. This is the type of situation that could play out all the way until and maybe even after the Super Bowl. It's going to be a little bit prolonged this year. More content for first take, more debating we about who it. would and wouldn't fit in certain places. Not exactly great for my life, but great for yours, Stephen A. and Molly. You're going to be working the phones. I just think it's interesting that it could be teams outside of where the seven vacancies are. So you got my ears perked with that. Adam Schefter, thank you so much for the insight Thanks, and buddy. context. Um, that was tremendous. And listen, we've been lucky to witness greatness in New England two plus decades. And as we know, Bill leaving an incredible legacy behind in New England. Let's just look at this. Six Super Bowl wins, 31 playoff wins, are both the most in NFL history. He won 17 division titles with the Pats, including a record 11 straight, just owning the division. We now bring in Damian Woody, one of Belichick's former players, and our guy, Dan Orlovsky. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Lots of news this morning. Okay, Stephen A., I'll start with you. Your reaction to Belichick being out in New England? Very predictable. Um, it was the right decision for both him and for Robert Kraft and the New England Patriots. It is time to turn the page and to move on from this. It's not to take anything away from his greatness. I've heard watching Get Up a bit earlier this morning with Damian Woody, uh, with Teddy Bruschi and others. Um, I, I not only respect, but I have always revered uh Coach Bill Belichick and Damian, just to be specific, I loved how you talked about people looking at his personality and thinking it's this way, but they really, really don't know him and, and, and how personable he can be. I would happen to know that because I see how he treats the media and it's entirely different 
than when I run into him at Boston Celtics games. Yeah. I mean, he's just, I mean, he couldn't be nicer, believe it or not. He really couldn't be nicer. It really is true. And so this truculent or acerbic or aloof personality, whatever word you want to use to describe him, that's certainly not him to the people that truly, truly know him. Fair enough. But in the end, uh, as times move on, things change. And I think that when we see the legacy of Bill Belichick, it was deteriorating before our very eyes because of what has transpired in the absence of Tom Brady. Um, you know, they just haven't been that team. There were there was hope because Mac Jones had a good rookie year. And then obviously the second go-round, it was ruined because Matt Patricia and Joe Judge were the offensive coordinators, which was a horrible decision by Bill Belichick. And the offense's nosedive since that time. And when you look at them defensively as formidable as they were, the offense was just a bad, bad thing for them. And it was a bad thing for the organization and they couldn't win football games. And as times went on, you just saw stuff deteriorating and it was really affecting the legacy of, of without question, the greatest coach, the greatest NFL coach of our era. And so I look at it from that perspective. I think the timing was right. I think it was the right decision. And I just can't applaud both Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft enough for handling it the way that they're handling it because it is the appropriate way way to do so when you have had that much success together for so long any other way for it to come to an end would have been a shame so it's great that they're going to be together sitting at the press conference today um, and saying their goodbyes and showing the reverence and respect for one another that both equally deserve yeah I mean listen man I'm you know first of all I'm not you know I'm not going to speak on whether you know it was the right time or anything like that. For me, it's more about reflection and appreciation um, for what Coach Belichick has meant to me, not only during my football career, but my, you know, my post-career as well. And, you know, the records that Molly had posted uh, on the screen earlier, those, rec- those things will not be matched. What, what we've seen in 24 years in New England from Coach Belichick, we will never see in our lifetime. That's the type of excellence um, that he laid in that building. Um, and, and I tell people this all the time. Every every moment I stepped in that building in New England, it was like game day every day. Literally every player that stepped in that building, you had to be mentally and physically prepared to be in a grinder. That's the type of environment that Bill Belichick had in New England. He always made sure that everyone was uncomfortable because we know that when you're uncomfortable, that's when the greatest growth comes about with you, within you as a person. And so it should surprise no one. It should surprise no one the level of success that Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots had in that building because of the environment that was there. And I just want to, I told this, Molly, I told this story, I don't know if you saw, I told this story on uh, in Get Up um, this morning and just, you know, I feel like our job is to take people where they can't go. Behind the curtain. Behind the curtain. Always pull the curtain back mm-hmm. um, to take people. And I, I, I told a story of, you know, everyone looks at views Bill Belichick from the prism of how he deals with the media. But I remember, you know, I remember Bill Belichick from, you know, back in my early days. I think it was like 2001. Bill Belichick put an anchor in our locker room. And that anchor signified just how, from a physical standpoint, how much weight, overweight we were as a football team and how much dead weight we were carrying around that was keeping us as a team from getting to where we wanted to go. 
and specifically talking, talking to me, I, during my playing career, I always had problems with my weight. So instead of reaming me, Bill Belichick went out of his way to set me up at a program at Duke University, paid for, paid for it himself. And I was down there for two months. This man came down to North Carolina like multiple times to check on me to see how I was doing. Okay, like he didn't have to do that. But he saw like, bro, you're a talented guy. I remember he told me, bro, you're a good player. But imagine what you would be if you were here. And not only to talk about it, but to be about it and literally invest in me as a player. That to me speaks volumes about the man, speaks volumes about the coach, speaks volumes about everything about the Patriot way. And so, like, I sit here today just processing, and I'm thankful for, what, for every lesson that I learned there because I've, I've been able to carry that not only through my playing, playing career but just through my life in general. Mm. No, it's, it's incredible. It's a good story because, yeah. again, the vantage point isn't kind of exactly what we see in that regard. Um, no, I, we would picture him you, to be berated. Yeah, yeah, get, get, yeah that tough love. Do this. But, but, yeah, to invest in you I and think obviously believe in your talent. There, there's two different ways that we have to talk about this. Number one, I do think it was right, and I do think it was time. And that's the, the secondary part of this conversation of just what the reality of New England has been over the past couple years. Um, I think Coach Belichick is the greatest coach the NFL has ever seen. What Coach Belichick accomplished in New England will never be duplicated. He absolutely can be the head coach of a Super Bowl winning organization again. The two things that stand out. Number one, he was the example of if you make a mistake, you are going to pay for it, coach. He is 17-0 and 0 in the playoffs when his team wins the turnover differential. Never lost a game when his team wins turnover differential in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. You make a mistake, you are going to pay for it. Yep. He is the walking example of that. And then the second thing is, in the era of free agency and trying to build a roster, no one did it better when it came to finding the guys that would play with the details for the proper price. It's been tried to be duplicated and replicated. No one can. No one is going to be able to again. The way that he built rosters and the economical way, Mike Reese pointed this out, talking about a conversation that he had with Robert Kraft and one of the reasons why he loved Coach Belichick was obviously the X's and O's, but the economic viewpoint that he had on building rosters. We're never going to see that again because we can't in today's NFL um, you, you talked about the graphic of the accomplishments, right, that yeah. Coach Belichick had. Just, I'm not a numbers guy in totality, but just to kind of put into more detail some of the numbers and the accomplishments. When Coach Belichick got to New England, New England had been around for 40 years playing football, okay? 40 years. They were 37 games under 500. Never had won a championship. 24 years later, obviously the record speaks for itself and Super Bowl championship after Super Bowl championship. During his time, the Jets, the Bills, and the Dolphins had 25 head coaches. Patriots had one. That is the example of staying power. Um, the accomplishment is never going to – we're never going to see it in the NFL again. And the, the leadership aspect outside of the X's and O's – 
is something that we have to um, sincerely appreciate because it's in a way that'll never be seen. We were privileged as fans to witness that era between oh, no Belichick doubt. and Brady. Yeah. Some of the best football that we will ever see. Obviously, you were a part of it. Mm. But that dynasty, that can never be duplicated. Stephen A., I do, I do want to transition here. I'm, I'm curious, which teams do you think should be most interested in Belichick? Because you heard Adam, right? There's seven head coaching vacancies right now, but there could be other teams who are ready to make a move, teams that are even in the playoffs currently. Well, I would tell you this. The Chargers come to mind, even though I would hope they would get, um, I would hope they would get uh, Jim Harbaugh. I would tell you that Chargers would be the first team that I would be thinking about if I'm Bill Belichick because of Justin Herbert. I would definitely think about that. Um, I have to consider uh, the Raiders. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Antonio Pierce keeps that job, but if you're the you're the you're the you're the Raiders, you have to consider it because it's Bill Belichick. Even though Josh McDaniels may have left the stench that you don't really really want uh, to to revisit per se, and not to say that he's Bill Belichick because we know he is not. But nevertheless, I would certainly think about that if I was Bill Belichick. Um, you know, to me, those are the two teams that will come to mind because I'm thinking along the lines of if you're the Raiders, it's because of their mystique and, and, and what they, you know, they're always going to strive to do something. But if you're the Chargers, because you've got a quarterback. And I'm just looking at some of these availabilities right here. Um, Seattle, obviously, is an option, even though I don't think that that's where he'll go. Uh, Geno Smith is not a scrub. He's proven he can play or, or what have you. But again, for me, it's all about the Chargers because mm. it's that they got a quarterback. Everybody else has. As, you know, in Seattle, it's a decent quarterback. Other places, we don't know for sure as of yet. Um, but if I'm Bill Belichick, after what I've experienced over the last uh, four years without Tom Brady, I, the last place I'm going is, with a, is to a place that does not have a definitive franchise quarterback. I'm just not doing it. Yeah. Yeah, Stephen, he's 15 wins shy of Coach Shula's record. So yep. I, while I believe he still wants to love and be a part of coaching, the record is, is something he wants to go chase down. One, I don't think he's going to go to the AFC just out of respect for New England and, and everything that he has history there. I think he's going to go to the NFC. Atlanta and Washington are the two teams that come to mind for me most because – the division that Atlanta's in isn't a, a thoroughbred division. And then Washington, just because of his ties to the local aspect. This is the second part of the conversation, okay? This, and this is why I thought it was the right decision. One, where he does go, he can no longer be the person picking players. As great of a coach as he is, mm -hmm. the picking of the players is why he's no longer in New England. That since 2013, they have not re-signed a player that they have drafted in the first, second, or third round to a second contract. That's an issue. So where he goes, they better have somebody else in place picking the players. We could be honest about that and still revere him as a coach. They're 12-22 and 22 in their last two seasons in New England. The only teams that are in that conversation are Arizona, Arizona, Chicago, and Carolina. So can he coach still? Unquestionably, yes. But I do think where he goes needs to have somebody in place that is going to be the person putting together, at least picking the people yep. on the roster. Damien, quickly, I'm sorry. We don't have a ton of time, but I, I, I want you to weigh in on this. No, I, I, think, I think the key thing that Adam Schefter talked about was not only vacant now, but there are teams that are in the yes. postseason that could – Depending on how it all shakes out, there sure. could possibly yeah. be openings from those teams. Yeah, and a team with a real quarterback ready to go. Sure. Yep. Or an early Absolutely. pick. Yeah. 
12 Super Bowl appearances as a head coach or assistant. Unbelievable. Much more to come. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is always a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day, whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement. Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by categories like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day's May 12th, and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Thanks so much for listening to the pod and have a fabulous day. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine. Especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups, sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or you just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up, power your buys, your tries the right way, or de-stress with a little cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. The NFL schedule drops this week, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with vivid seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code TAKE. That's code TAKE. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Thanks so much for listening to the pod. Welcome back. Titans of football all making breaking news this morning in the last 24 hours. It's the end of an era in New England. Adam Schefter and Mike Reese both reporting that Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots have agreed to part ways after 24 seasons and six championships. Take a listen to the reaction from around the sports world. You would take Bill Belichick over everybody else. There are 14 teams in the playoffs. You would take Bill Belichick over all of those other coaches. That is that is, that is still... I guess that's the sign of greatness. It's kind of a sad day if you think about you think about what Bill Belichick has meant to the New England Patriots, where the organization was, and where the what the organization became. Not only is he the greatest coach, but he was probably the most respected coach I've ever been around. You had to be mentally tough to play the coach for Coach Belichick. He's going to push you beyond your own beliefs in yourself. He's going to challenge you to make you a better player each and every day. Some guys couldn't take it, and they weren't there very long. And other guys that were able to sustain that and understand what that culture meant, it was about winning. Good morning, Paul. Very busy morning here at ESPN. Uh, Before we get your thoughts on Nick Saban retiring, what's your reaction to the Belichick news? It's very sad to me, Molly, to see someone of his ilk end up 
leaving uh, when it wasn't his choice uh, because it happens too often and you really don't get the opportunity to walk away very often. And I, I wish he had, but he didn't. Um, but when I think of Bill Belichick, he's, he's on the same level as Vince Lombardi um, among the greatest coaches of all time, maybe even greater based on accomplishment. What's also interesting, I think, is the, the Belichick tree. And, and I know you've talked about various names and I'm not jumping the gun to the next topic, but I think it's important to remember who one of the best hires he ever made was as his defensive coordinator at the Cleveland Browns. It was Nick Saban, and they later became best friends. And how did that come together? It came together because Saban was at Ohio State. He left there to take a job as a defensive backfield coach at the Naval Academy, where he met Steve Belichick, Bill Belichick's father, and there was born one of the great relationships uh, in, in pro football uh, history, and really, uh, you'd have to say, one of the greatest hires of all time when Bill Belichick hired Nick Saban. Mm. Yeah. Go ahead, Molly. Uh, iron, sh- iron sharpens iron. I didn't know if you wanted to comment there, Stephen A., but yeah. yeah, iron sharpens iron. Unbelievable. Those two, two titans, best friends. Appreciate the context on that. Let's get to the other one now, and that would be Nick Saban, also calling it a career. 11 SEC championships, seven national titles between his time at Alabama and LSU. The GOAT of college football announced he is retiring last night. Here's the statement he released. University of Alabama has been a very special place to Terry and me. We have enjoyed every minute of our 17 years being the head coach at Alabama, as well as becoming a part of the Tuscaloosa community. It's not just about how many games we won and lost, but it's about the legacy and how we went about it. We also tried to do it the right way. The goal was always to help players create more value for their future, be the best player they could be, and be more successful in life because they were part of the program. Hopefully, we've done that. And we will always consider Alabama our home. Now, Paul, obviously, you've been very plugged into Saban over the years. Uh, What's your reaction to Nick retiring and now? Unlike what I said a minute ago about Bill Belichick, I I think he's doing it perfectly. Yeah, some would argue, wouldn't it have been more majestic, more Shakespearean uh, if he went out uh, after winning a national championship? Not really. Uh, He had an amazing season this year, as we have documented here, Molly and Stephen A. uh, And and he did more with this team. This is a team that could have lost four or five times. Uh, he, he, He had a quarterback that was not perfect. He wasn't Bryce Young. He wasn't Tua. He wasn't... Jalen Hurts, and he certainly wasn't even Mac Jones on this day that uh, New England makes a change. But he got through it, and, and he beat Georgia. And what he did in beating Georgia is significant. He ended Kirby Smart's run at a three-peat, something that even Nick Saban couldn't do and nearly did. Don't forget, 10 years ago, Saban was attempting a field goal at Auburn to, to win that game, go to the SEC championship, and probably win another one. And the, and, and the field goal was short, and Chris Davis ran it back 109 yards in, in the kick six and one of the greatest upsets of all time. But this year, he was able to stop Kirby Smart. And I, and I think once he did that, he, I, I, be, I really believe he started thinking, what else do I have to prove? Uh, everyone knows who I am. I know who I am. I've left this legacy. Do I want to keep gambling on it? And on top of all that, Stephen, you know better than almost anybody how much he hated NIL. I'll tell you a quick story. He called me about a year and a half ago, and just raged about NIL. And, and I frankly didn't agree with him. Uh, he hung up the phone, 
and he called Stephen A. Smith. I had a friend that was in his office the next day, and he said, you know, Feinbaum didn't agree with me, but Stephen A. Smith does. And the next week, he went public with the Jimbo Fisher situation, and everyone knows what happened after that. You know, it's interesting. Like I said, I heard the news yesterday, and um, I was shocked because I was debating with you about a week ago that I didn't believe that he would walk away. And, you know, it, it stemmed from my conversation with him. Um, and I and I tell people, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie about it. I just can't help the way that I am. I'm just not moved by much. I really am not. Um, I, I'm just not moved by much. And I got to tell you, you know, one of the greatest moments that I've had was sitting in his office for an hour talking to him one-on-one, -on -one, even though my brother-in-law was sitting in the office just listening, but just talking with him that whole time um, and just talking to him about life and what winning is all about and how once you win, how do you keep, you know, what are you doing? It's about you got to do it again and you got to do it again and you got to do it again. You got to get up every morning. And you got to be ready to roll and because nobody's going to stop coming at you. And he had that fire in his belly and he said it. It's not going away. It's not going anywhere. And when I saw Alabama lose to Michigan last week in the uh, college football or national semifinal, in the playoffs, I just said to myself, you know what, it's unfinished business because three minutes left in the game, you know, they're in the lead. They, you know, they're in route to playing for the national championship. And you could not tell me that I don't, that they would not have beaten Washington. I believe they would have beaten Washington. Uh, so that's just how I felt about it. And then to, for him to walk away uh, from it all uh, right now, it was, it was shocking, but when I think about it, you know what, he's doing it on his terms. This is what he's doing, and this is what we all dream about doing. I look at his resume right here, 17 seasons, six national titles, nine SEC championships, a 201 and 29 overall record, 10 or more wins in 16 straight seasons, 117 and 18 in the best conference in college football over the 17 years, 117 and 18. I mean, that's just unbelievable. Three, 13 and four in bowl games. The man is phenomenal. And I think that a legitimate argument could be made uh, that the person that, that has announced his retirement is the greatest coach ever. He's in the discussion. It's a conversation as to whether or not on any level, college or pro, Nick Saban could potentially be considered the greatest coach who's ever lived because of all the changes and all the things that have happened. And the last point that I make, you are absolutely right. The NIL, it was, <laughs> it was grading his nerves. And I had a conversation, and he was on fire about it. You're absolutely right. And his whole thing was, <laughs> it wasn't necessarily about the NL, NIL itself, Paul. It was about the fact that the agents and how the agents were utilizing right. it. He used words like, 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 like embezzlement. He used words like hostage. He, he used these words to describe the climate that NIL had created, not because of the kids, because he wanted the kids to get paid, to get compensated, but the adults in the room, you know, purportedly there on behalf of the kids and what they had turned it into. It was the one thing that grated his nerves. It wasn't the transfer portal. It was NIL. That was what drove him nuts. And Stephen A., there's a, there's a point of reference to that phone call he made to you that day and why he went public. And some of his issues were about a single player. At the end of the 22 season, Alabama missed the playoff because they lost a game on the final play against Tennessee. Remember that field goal? And they lost in overtime on a two-point yep. conversion to LSU. 
There was a wide receiver. He was the best wide receiver in the country, and he went somewhere else, and he could have gone to Alabama, but Saban would not pay this young man because he said, if I do that, and we're talking millions of dollars here, then how am I going to coach him, and how am I going to be able to look myself in the mirror? He let him go. He was angry about the situation. Had he got that guy, and he could have easily gotten him within whatever rules there are in college football right. nowadays, he would have probably won the national championship last year. And, uh, and that, those kind of episodes really graded on him to have to, to, have to go out there and, and, and literally pay millions of dollars for someone and then try to coach that person. And by the way, Molly, just so you know, yeah. the conversation that Paul and I are having and what he's talking about, when he called Paul, and then he called me, because I've never revealed that he called that he called me, yeah. what Paul just yeah. did. When he called Paul and then he called me, he was venting. But it wasn't until after the call he decided to go public. Because he was like going back and forth, going back and forth. No, no, you know? it's interesting. But yeah. Stephen A., do you have some level of a deeper respect for him that he's old school in that sense and, and he didn't want to buy in and, and pay the players the new wave? Listen, I do. Um, it, it, again, it wasn't about paying them. It was about compensating them exponentially more than the other players on his squad. That was what, you know, right. it's like if you compensate the players, that's one thing. But if one player is getting $100,000 and another player is getting $5 million, that's the discrepancy that that was of major concern of him. I don't want to speak for him, but that's what came across to me. But I've always been an admirer of him old school. I revere the man because, to me, the kind of things that Nick Saban taught and continues to teach are the kind of things that prepare you for life as an adult man in this world. And that's why my admiration for him knows no limits. And he knows that because we've talked enough about that. He knows how I feel about it. It's understandable. How do you keep the equality between the team? Paul, I want to ask you this. What does Alabama do next? Well, I think the one thing we don't know, Molly, is how long the athletic director there has been aware of this. Uh, my sense is he, he, he had a hint because, as I, as I let you know, Stephen A., privately, I felt like this was the year, but then there were, just, there, were, there, were, there were distinctions and distractions. Every time I saw him this year, there was just a look in his eye that he was, he was closer to the end, and I don't think he wanted to come back and have people say, well, this is obviously his last year. Just exactly what Belichick has gone through this season as soon as he started losing. Nick Saban was not concerned about losing, but it, but it was going to be more difficult next year. So back to the question. Uh, I think they are looking very seriously at a couple of people. Dan Lanning is probably at the top of the list. Dan Lanning, a couple of years ago at the draft, Stephen A., I, I, I saw you out in Vegas. I, I saw Dan Lanning the day, the day of the draft. And he played a voice, he's the Oregon coach, he played a voicemail for me from 2015. He said, I want you to hear this. He goes, this is Nick Saban calling me, offering me a, a, a graduate assistance job. He, he keeps it in his phone and he, it would cost $20 million, which isn't a big deal. But I think he's, a, he's the kind of coach Alabama is probably going to look at. I think Sarkeesian is on that list for the obvious reasons. I don't think they'll go. Uh, NFL, but and, and I don't think he'll take it. But D'Amico Ryan's was an All-American at Alabama. He's beloved by that school, and it would be a very unique hire. But I think th that would be complicated because I think they want a coach by the end of this week, and that's not going to happen with D'Amico Ryan. 
Paul, uh, we've got to let you go here now. But, Stephen A., it's very interesting. I never would have predicted, as you described them, two best friends, two legends, two of the best at what they do, yeah. embarking on a new chapter on the very same day. It, it really is unbelievable. Uh, yeah. Paul, thank you so much for the context and the insight. We will thank talk you. to you soon, sir. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles on everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. Plus receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges and a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. Unlock a whole new world of travel with a Capital One Venture X card. What's in your wallet? Term supply, lounge access is subject to change. See CapitalOne.com for details. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-time chimney sweepers, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com to sign up today. Claim based on the total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Thanks so much for listening to the First Take Pod. Have a fabulous day. It's the biggest news in sports today. The end of an era in New England. Adam Schefter and Mike Reese both reporting that Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots have agreed to part ways. Bill Belichick exits New England with the second most wins, including playoffs, by any head coach in NFL history. He trails only Don Shula by 14 wins. His 20 seasons with at least 10 wins are tied with Shula for most in history as well. The Patriots will be holding a press conference at noon in Sports Center. We'll have that for you live right here on ESPN. On that note, we welcome in our friend, NFL front office insider and former Cleveland Brown under Bill Belichick, Lewis Riddick. Lewis, good morning. I want to dive right in here. Your thoughts on Belichick in the Patriots' parting ways? Yeah, it, it's kind of sad for me, quite honestly, Molly. And then when you, you know, when you put that on top of the fact that you know Nick decided to retire for me it's it's really is surreal and I know Mike Reese used that word to describe today and it, it is surreal for me because I think for me considering that I was there all the way back at the beginning when these two got together 30 something years ago back in Cleveland back in 1993 to see the evolution 
that these guys have have undergone as far as you know together in Cleveland putting together the foundation for what is the model type of program that you would like to build from a, from a college or pro perspective, and then seeing them branch apart, Nick going to Michigan State, Bill then going on to the Jets, New England, going back to New England as the head coach, and seeing them then take that model and that foundation that they had built together in Cleveland and then just exponentially, exponentially build upon it to the degree where they wind up becoming the two titans, the two preeminent titans of the game. For me, it, it gives me like this sense of pride knowing that I was there at the beginning with them. I didn't realize then as a 24-year-old, you know, first, second, third-year football player, just exactly what I was being subjected to. But I knew this. I knew that the underpinnings of what these two guys believed in was something that was going to transcend sports. It was They were giving you life lessons. They were giving you a life blueprint about consistent accountability, consistent commitment to doing things the right way. And in the end, it will add up to the kind of goal, the, the kind of ending that you want. And that's hard for people to do. It's hard for people to not focus on the end, end result. It's hard for them to focus on, on the process. But these two guys would have it no other way. And I would get it from Bill as the head coach. And then when he walked out of the room, I got it from Nick as the defensive coordinator and as the defensive back coach and as the safety coach in particular. And that level of accountability that they held us to back then and that I know that Nick Saban in particular held me to as my personal coach, as a DB coach, was something that then kind of permeated through everything else that I, that I did in out, throughout my life from that point on. Lewis, focus on the process. Stop looking at the scoreboard. Stop worrying about how many reps you get. Just focus on maximizing every single thing one day at a time. And those kind of things, it, it's just, it's weird that we're not going to be able to talk about that from Nick's perspective anymore. And then we'll talk about what he did do. And for Bill, we'll see where he ends up going forward. But, man, I'll tell you what, these two guys kind of really teach you about the importance of making sure that you stay in the moment and recognize greatness and absorb greatness while it's right there in front of you instead of always having to reflect on it after it's gone because you took it for granted while it was there in front of your face. I think that's, what, that's kind of what is hitting me today, and I think it was going to hit everyone going forward. I appreciate that because I certainly got that, you know, you know, that 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 kind of intel and that kind of feeling, you know, communicating with Nick Saban. I will ask you this, though. I don't know if this has ever been asked of you, Lewis. It almost seems like it was destiny. I mean, clearly it does, considering both of their accomplishments in their respective sports. Bill Belichick's we, we talk about these guys as great coaches and we stop there. I look at Bill Belichick mm-hmm. as a great NFL coach wondering would he have been able to do that on a collegiate level. I look at Nick Saban Mm -hmm. as a great college football coach, wondering would he have been able to do that on a pro level, even though I thought that he had Miami, he would would have had Miami in the right direction had he stayed there long enough. What can you tell us, what are your feelings about what they would have been if if, if if, if Saban was in the pros and and, and Belichick was in college? Yeah, that, that that that's a great that's a great question, and I'll tell you what. Like, and I think both of these, both of those different you know um, levels of football, college and pro, are still have to like adhere to the same type of team building process, which is you still have to scout players and evaluate players. Now in college football, you have to value players the same way you value players in the NFL. Put a price tag on them as far as what you're willing to pay to get them, and then you still have to develop them and then utilize them. 
So in all, both in college and the pro, you have to do both of those things. And both of these guys are masters at doing that. They're masters at evaluating, although here later in Bill's career, people would say, well, is he really a master at evaluating? Yeah, he, he is. He made some mistakes, and everybody does. But as far as valuing players, Bill has an economics background. He, he really kind of introduced the word value into the salary cap era when it comes to building football teams. He did it better than anyone. And when you want to talk about developing and utilizing players, these two guys are the grandmasters at it. They are the absolute freaking mm -hmm. grandmasters at it. Yeah. They can assess your strengths and weaknesses better than anybody. So, yeah, Stephen A., to answer your question, I think they both could have flip-flopped positions in terms of Bill going to college and Nick staying in the pros, and they ultimately would have still had the success that they had. No question mm -hmm. about it. And clearly they learned from each other. Uh, we're up against it. Got to roll here. Lewis, thank you so much for your perspective. Yeah. Really interesting there.